What you're hearing is a piece called Mori by Iranian composer and musician Mohan Mirab, who was my guest today. Um, so, welcome to the Trivium podcast, Mohan. I'm so excited to see you. I saw you for the first time in Iran, and uh, when I moved here in Berlin, I saw you with uh, Anthony Braxton, and that that was just an amazing experience. Like it was such a mind blowing, jaw dropping experience. <laughs> that evening was, yeah, as you remember, it was four hours concert. No, sorry, six hours. We played for six hours. I remember. It was a tough. Uh, gig, but it's worth it actually. It it was a nice experience. Too. Yeah, that's uh, what we're going to talk about later. But I just want to delve in and talk about uh, the music. So I'm also a big fan of like jazz and and fusion music. My first question for you is that if you also consider your music as as fusion. Like something that is coming from that long trajectory since I would assume, like the first fusion album, "Bitches Brew," by Miles Davis. Uh, for me, actually, I I don't agree with you that the first fusion album is like "Bitches Brew," which I really love this album. Uh, for me, the you know the when the cultures come together, very. Uh, naturally and organic like what happens in Morocco or Algeria or in south of Iran or in uh, uh, in Iceland in uh, East Europe this uh, uh, mix of the cultures which happens organically for me it's also uh, fusion music like it's uh, Because, you know, for example, if you're listening to Gnawa music from North Africa, you are seeing the Arabic culture with African culture. And nowadays you see that how, how many contemporary artists are mixing uh, these cultures and spices with their own uh, creativity. Uh, they mix it with jazz, with contemporary classical music or Uh, experimental jazz music, electronic music, uh, which I'm really uh, interested about it because for me it was also the same in my own story. I didn't uh, uh, stick into the specific culture or community or genre of music. I always wanted to experience new stuff and also because of the uh, Uh, places uh, and uh, geographical uh, places that uh, I uh, lived in, I learned uh, different uh, approaches to the music. And that's how I always want to be aware of and develop it in my own musicality. That is actually very interesting because I really love your album Persian Side of Jazz and I was always sort of trying to figure out like where is the Persian side of jazz? It has no meaning actually because Persia doesn't exist. 
<laughs> and jazz doesn't exist any uh, anyway <laughs> because yeah I, I wrote a text in the CD and I explained my own vision about the name of the album that when you're talking about Persian music uh, I'm not just talking about the classical Iranian music I'm talking about uh, a country with a lot of diversities which are existing there. Like if you're listening to Turkmen music, it's totally different than uh, Zar music in south of Iran or in Kurdish music in west. So you can't really name something as Persian music or Iranian music even. What I don't like is that we uh, try to name, to, call, to find names for everything, like call, like we uh, say ethno music, we say Turkmen music is ethno music, or we say world music, which I totally disagree with this <laughs> concept. Uh, because what is world music? It's something which comes from da da da, from which is exotic or. Uh, which the Western ears don't understand, or what is world music? Exactly. It's um, some um, sort of Orientalism, I would say, that it really puts the Eastern culture in one box. Exactly. That's what you hear like in music industry that they call Oriental music. And I don't understand what's Oriental music. If you see the ge just the geographical uh, meaning of Orient, is from East Europe to East Asia, which is a long way, and a lot of things are happening there. And uh, the danger is that, for example, uh, there are a lot of uh, creative contemporary artists from all these regions, which they come, they will go to this trap of world music because because of their nationality. Like you see in jazz festivals, you see a great piano player from, I don't know, Lebanon or Iran or whatever, which they are into this category. They are into world music category and they have to play on world music stage, not on jazz stage, on the main stage of the festival. It happens a lot. It's what I see a lot in my career. Okay. But with, with your specific album, Persian Side of Jazz, what is also the jazz part? Like, you definitely are influenced by the American side of jazz or the mainstream jazz. The meaning of jazz changed to me uh, because for me now, jazz is uh, a way of living. It's not just a genre of music to me. It's a way of think uh, free thinking and being enthusiastic about everything what's happening being enthusiastic about uh, new stories that's what happened to John Coltrane for me Coltrane the amazing works that he he's done was the last works like Love Supreme and this uh, which he was really uh, strongly influenced, uh, influenced by uh, Far East music. And you see it in, his, in the technique which he uses, in his sound, in, his, in the way of uh, connecting him, himself 
uh, with music and with uh, spirituality, uh, it changed my mind. So all these stories happen. And for me now, it's not just bebop, it's not just blues, it's not just rhythm changes. Uh, and I try to be a free thinker. I mean, it's it's also interesting that you mentioned John Coltrane because after Love Supreme is basically what is known then or categorized as avant-garde phase or the free jazz phase of, of John Coltrane. But it's interesting that you say that he also incorporated a lot of Eastern elements into his music. Of course. Yeah. Also, I wanted to like talk about this um, piece by Larry Neal. It's called Black Arts Movement. And that argues uh, African-American people cannot express themselves within um, the context of Western art, which is provided because they have not been part of the history of Western art and especially the aesthetics. So, for example, in Iranian music, we have a different sort of a system. I think they're called like Dastgah, right? Like musical systems. Which is I classical music. Yes, um, which I think is uh, different from what we have in Western harmony, right? How could they come together, and are they actually compatible? Uh, this classical music, what we have in Iran, is written by uh, European or I think also Japanese uh, uh, music uh, theoricians, and it's not a, a old tradition actually. It's kind of new, so it has about 150 years old. Uh, the thing is, like, yeah, of course you can combine them. Be, and as a researcher, if you want to know how does it sound to like bring all these makams and daskars to Western European classical harmony, it's there are also like ways of harmony which you can learn and you, you can try out and see how are they sounding uh, but to me it's like i want to be more aware of my own stories like what happened in my life and be honest with that and develop it in a musical language like i don't really want to force myself to bring two cultures together or with what you hear these days, like building bridges between cultures. Uh, that's not what I really aim to do. Uh, for me, it's important to be aware of my own stories, know myself better and better every day, and progress my, myself, learn new stuff. Otherwise, I can't really continue if I just stick to... Uh, something which I have, which I'm always, all the time uh, repeating. Uh, and I hear all these melodies because I was uh, going with Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Whitney Houston, and also with Iranian traditional music, Shajarian, for example, or from north of Iran, we have always this uh, north from Mazandaran, the music from Mazandaran in my ear. In this process, I learned a lot of stories and a lot of uh, uh, musical terms that I try to be aware of. And I still want to learn more and more because it's a no-way journey. And 
that's what makes makes it beautiful. I followed your music, and I and I can see definitely this journey that you taken, and uh, it's for me it's also very very interesting as a person who actually live in both cultures, right? Have you ever like had this instance of like people telling you, okay, uh, this journey is like really expressive of my life? Yeah, the thing is that it's always different. It's about the level of awareness of the people <laughs> which I'm uh, in touch with. Because sometimes the people, because I just look like not European, they start with these stereotypes, like with their own judgments and, you know, they can't really focus on the main thing or they don't really hear uh, or listen to what I'm doing in my music. So they come with some weird question <laughs> to me, uh, like, okay, you know, you know this, you know the questions, like, how is there, uh, have you been miserable in Iran? Uh, everything is so bad. And I'm like, no, man, it's everywhere has its own advantages and its own. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes it comes to, like when, we, when I play concerts, they ask me to wear Iranian uh, shirts. <laughs> and what is Iranian shirt? Man? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know what Iranian shirt means. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? This is exactly like the Orientalism we talked about. Like, if you want to experience real or true Iranian music, this is this is the box. And uh, yeah, also, how is like your relationship to uh, pop or mainstream culture? Pop culture, of course, there are authentic productions in pop industry. I can't deny it. But uh, what I'm trying to do is to just search for something which is not uh, easily uh, listenable to me. Like, I want to find something new which the industry is not uh, pushing me to listen. Uh, that's why I tried not to uh, listen to, uh, the, like, pop or mainstream uh, commercial music often. But I listen to some singer-songwriters which I really like, like, like Gabriel Kane or Deca Stevens, uh, Jacob Collier. Yeah, th these are the things that I really like. I, I'm, I really learn a lot from these people. I, I should also say that there are also a lot of great musicians, creative musicians like Tigran Hamasian or Jacob Collier or the which they are still trying to be creative and do whatever they want to do. And the main reason is that they are great. <laughs> they are, it's obvious that they are overqualified and they, uh, they don't need to, you know, get stuck into the like mainstream jazz, uh, Great, great. I mean, I'm I'm really hopeful about about the future. So, as the conclusion, um, just tell us about like, do you have any concerts around the Europe or? Yeah, well, there are a lot now. Actually, I thought because of COVID, 
uh, I'm gonna have less jobs, but I have some concerts in Germany. I'm playing in uh, Multiphonics Festival. It's a clarinet festival in Cologne. And in November, I'm, I'm, I'll be in Berlin. I think 7th of November, I play in this beautiful place, Frame. I hope to see you there. <laughs>